Hello, and welcome to the Alt Left. Welcome back, everyone, to episode 81 of the Alt Left. We are here again this week after our hiatus. I'm your host, Chris. With me, as always, is Matthew Jumbo Johnson. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. And the good Reverend Dr. K. Good evening, everyone. Uh, Since these guys are boring, we decided to get a guest. Uh, We have with us as well, Prepper Pig. If you've listened to me on the 805 podcast or any of those, uh, I've actually, we've put a lot of the audio up here. You've probably heard him before because he and I tend to fall into the same circle a lot. Um, So he's here with us. He finally, he finally slummed it, brought himself down a notch (laughs) and came on our shitty little show. So Prepper Pig, thank you for being here, man. Hey, I am honored to be here. Thanks so much for inviting me. And another North Carolina peep added to our list. We have, yes. we, it's weird, besides California, the state that we're we have just, the biggest following in is North Carolina. Yeah, we're yeah. just collecting them. Um, All right, well, you North can add me to the, to the list of North Carolinians who are um, happy to, to hear from you. You guys rock. I listen to your show quite often, um, especially if I have a drive or something. And, uh, and it's always just wildly informative and entertaining at the same time. So y'all do a great job. Oh, I, right. I can expl- I can explain things. That is that is high praise, my friend, because uh, I don't know that that is true at all. <laughs> I'm here in North Carolina. I am in um, Charlotte, the Queen City, and uh, I am ready to leave. <laughs> well, uh, as I tell everyone, just just grab a compass, head west. Sorry, every time I'm about to go, they 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 pull me back in. So. <laughs> Well, anytime you're ready to to drive west, California will take you. Gotcha. I mean, and you know what I'm shocked about? Like, I don't even know what we have Lou, Lou here to talk about because, like, nothing is going on in the U.S. I mean, this is the country of freedom and titties, right? Like, everything is magical. So, a bunch of rain days, really. Yeah. We definitely have one of those. Yeah. Is there anything going on in this country <laughs> at all we're talking about politically? I, I don't know. No. There is. So, okay, real quick, let's get it out of the damn way. Okay. Let's talk about the douchebag. <sighs> Which one? Let's go. yeah. There's so there's there's several. <laughs> uh, King Frogs are gay himself. Alex Jones. Oh, got it. Oh yeah, yeah. Him. yeah. got it. So he, uh, has, he had his trial. His, well, his trial was actually done a while ago. This was literally simply to identify what the judgment was going to be. See, he had a trial yeah. set, and he decided he was too good to show up for it. And uh, well, uh, he played a stupid game and he won a stupid prize. And that stupid prize was the judge summarily ruling against him, which is what happens when you don't show up to fucking court. And so he didn't show up to fucking court and uh, he fucked around and found out he got ruled against. And so this was about finding the amount. And first of all, this is the one of three lawsuits that the parents of Sandy Hooker brought against him. So this is just round one of three. Uh, and his lawyer fucked up so bad. I know there's a lot of people <laughs> saying, well, maybe he's just a patriot did it on purpose. No, no, he didn't. He's no, a lawyer. No, he's, uh, he's, he's lawyer. just fucking it. Which, to be fair, this is Alex Jones. Like, it's kind of like, we're like, well, who's Trump's lawyer? Rudy Giuliani. Like, if you're, if you're, if you're a certain level of shit, <laughs> there's only certain <laughs> legal experts that are going to help you. And there's no way Alex Jones actually had the deep pockets to pay for a firm that was willing to put up with him. Um, because even though, yes, he has plenty of money, he's not a billionaire. 
And I don't think he wanted to pay $10 million to a top-notch legal firm who was willing to put up with this bullshit. Um, because that's what they would charge him. No actual decent lawyer would represent a client like Alex Jones. And again, we watched him not even during, it wasn't even like this was a rebuttal on the trial. This was simply in his judgment. He couldn't help but <laughs> perjure himself over and over again. Yeah. So again, just like Trump sinking to Giuliani, he has to have a shitbird lawyer. Like no one of of conscience and no one of skill is going to put their reputation alongside Alex fucking Jones. Um, and so his lawyer, being the quality that he could muster, um, went above and beyond in discovery. <laughs> and instead of sending relevant data to the third party, sent the entire fucking cell phone in and authorized everything to be transmitted. Um, so now every text message, email, conversation, browsing history he's had in two years, uh, not only was part of the case, but has now gone immediately to the January 6th committee. Yep. Oops. Yeah, they, they, they subpoenaed it today, actually. Yep. And I think it's 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 absolutely delicious. I, I laugh so hard because like you could just see the look on his face when he realized he'd gotten caught and the 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 fumbling to try and wiggle his way out of it in the most non coherent way. I, I, even for Alex Jones, it was bad. Because remember, like, this is got to know about my tranny. Boy. Yeah, I mean, this isn't even like performative Alex Jones that's doing like the frogs are gay. This is regular Alex Jones that's come out to admit that's had to admit that he was lying about Sandy Hook like several times. Now this is him being as normal as a person like Alex Jones can be still getting caught. Well, because at the end of the day, he is Alex Jones. Now his character that he plays is definitely an exaggeration, but this guy's yeah. a true believer. Like, Oh, absolutely. He is. He's, he's fucking hateful and insane. Oh, I agree. Or as Joe Rogan would say, a pretty decent guy. I'd vote for him. <laughs> or, or as yeah. Trump would say, you know, one of the good people on either side. Some people are saying. But speaking of people who keep mind comp in their nightstand, <laughs> uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, oh, has God. decided to. I mean, we already had Trump going, what's so wrong about being a nationalist? And like Marjorie Taylor Greene, like, I mean, it, at a certain point, she's just going to start saying it in German. Um, yeah. <laughs> has just come out and said, Very like, much. of course, I'm a Christian nationalist. And has, what was, do you have the quote, Matt? I'm sure you've got this. Um, yeah, hold the, on. While Matt finds that, did y'all see the video the Daily Show did about, like, it was just like all these different quotes from these right wing folks and like splicing them in with like David Duke and like these, like these, <laughs> like clan people, like in the clan, like uniforms and stuff, saying the same exact talking points. I didn't, but it is like all their talking points are straight out of like David Duke kind of shit. It's the same thing. I mean, like, well, for instance, like I know we're going out on tension here, but like you've been hearing a lot of this with like Elon Musk and I forgot who else has someone had twins the other day. One of the others fucking shit bags. Um, and, and it's talking about the depopulation crisis, right. And, oh, and the lowering God. of birth rates. And it's like, th this is a dog whistle, right? This is an absolute dog whistle. And we know what it is because they're not talking about an actual population crisis or a plummet of birth rates. That's an actual problem. This is tied to the replacement theory, which is the idea that white people will be a minority and that people with melanin are coming in to outbreed us and take our jobs and our women and our honey. And like, yep, they're doing whatever it else. Yeah. You know, Peruvians before we, before we poo poo that, right? Like globally, white people are the minority. 
Yeah, but that's you know? but yeah, that's great. I think that they're just they're just concerned about white people. I, I think that, that it that it needs to be said that they're concerned about white people in power. You know, having the uh, you know losing their share of power, not necessarily being a global minority. They're they're already a global minority. They're they're just but not global, losing but, power. but in their backyard, because that's the thing is like these white nationals don't care that white people are the minority in South America or in Asia or ever or in Africa or any other continent. They care that white people could be the minority in North America and Western Europe, because that's that's the only places right. in the world that white well and Antarctica technically. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Technically, yes. Technically, ninety yeah, percent of the population yeah. of Antarctica is white because only white people want to freeze to death for science in the cold. But what's, what's the um, population of Antarctica? All twenty-five of them. Yeah, white. But <laughs> um, that's where it comes to. It has anything the global population it has to do with our backyard, and it's a very, it's a very Western European thing that comes from the Nazis. And it absolutely found its way here. And that's what they're talking about. This is replacement theory. Don't let it fool you. They're they're really doing it to themselves. Like I have no, you know, fuck them. I have no sympathy for white nationalists. But they're really doing it to themselves because they themselves declared, like, if you mix with other races, you are no longer white. Like, so, okay, like the one drop rule, if you have one drop of brown blood or black blood, then you're no longer white. Well, then, yeah, eventually you have to be bred out. Like every time somebody doesn't fuck another blue-eyed, blonde-haired person, you're, you know, you're losing, quote unquote. Yeah. Well, I mean, to just go back to what you were saying, I've got the quote here. So it's several quotes. I'm going to give you the highlights, but... This is from Marjorie Taylor Greene. We need to build a party of nationalism, and I'm a Christian. And I say it proudly. We should be Christian nationalists. Um, See Kyle wow. for Jesus. Yeah. Uh, and then she goes on to say, if we're going to label it Christian nationalism, this movement will actually be the movement that stops the school shootings. Okay. No, we could even no, say that Democrats are the domestic terrorists. No, Republicans no, need aren't. to prove to the American people that we are the party of American nationalism. Christian nationalism. And, you know, anybody reading this would be like, is she fucking Zeke Heiling in, in, in the video? She might as well. Yes. Like, but that's the thing is, is, is the dog whistle is becoming she care. A, 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 you know, a, a, a chow bell. <laughs> it's like they're, they're doing this. And again, think about this one. Like we have Marjorie Taylor Greene and what's, what's the other dipshit? Uh, what's her name? Bobert. 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 Yeah, I, 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 these fucking Nazis look the same. Um, yeah, they're, they're interchangeable Barbie dolls. Yeah, Marjorie Taylor Green and Bobert. It's like they got elected. They're idiots. I mean, wasn't it? Didn't MTG get her? Um, didn't didn't she get her her good enough diploma like weeks before getting her her you know nomination? If I recall oh, right. Yeah, yeah, she had like to that. get a four nomination. wasn't even high school educated. Um, and, you know, and Kurt married, you know, again, the party that wants to call everyone groomers, married to a guy who's gone to jail for exposing himself to a minor while she was with him, like, doesn't know what the fuck she's talking about, believes in Jewish fucking space lasers, and, and, and quotes Mein Kampf and David Duke and all these pieces of shit. It's like, that's why she's there. Like, that's why all of them are there. I mean, that's why you're seeing guys like Mitch McConnell and Ted Cruz having to fight to even keep relevant in the party. Because as shitty as these assholes are, they're not bad enough. Like, Ted Cruz has to high-five people for killing veterans 
to keep like the Republicans from not hating him because he's not far right enough. They want MTG. They want Boebert. This the this is the GOP is a fascist party. The voting part block is there. They want this. She is a populist. And we are just going to see more. There is no voting blue no matter who. We are going to see more of these people pop up no matter what any opposition party does. Even if Andrew Yang says we all got to go hug it out with fucking Nazis every week, it doesn't matter. It doesn't change anything. So what do you think about his third party uh, spiel? It's a play for money. Yes. When has centricism not always been the answer? Like, you know, this party wants some genocide. These people don't, so let's have a, a mild genocide. You know, let's meet in the middle. Let's Jeez. let's just let the cops kill some unarmed black people. Let's just have some concentration camps at our border. Let's just do some imperialism overseas. Yeah, but that's the problem. Is is you know, and we're let here laughing about it. But this is where where I see is the bigger issue here is this country as a whole doesn't understand what left and right are, right? I mean, we all do because we pay attention and we read and we decide to get informed. But most people in this country legitimately, and I believe this, legitimately think Joe Biden is this super left progressive president. Like most of his defenders believe that. And these are people that are supposed to be leftists. And even people that see themselves as Bernie progressives will continually advocate for Biden as being at the same level as Bernie or AOC. And when he's demonstrably not. And so I don't see how, how a true leftist party or a true centrist party can ever exist because it's there is no centrist party. You've got a right wing party. You've got a fascist party and you've got Andrew Yang that wants to be in the middle of them and call himself a centrist. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I, I just don't see where we that's why I think the centrist, the whole idea of a centrist party is a joke is you're not even starting from the fucking center. You're looking at two right-wing parties, putting yourself in the center of them and saying, look how centrist I am. This is the, this is the middle ground between left and right. No, it's not. And it just makes you look like an idiot. But when I see so many people just jumping on board with this, I just, I don't know. I honestly think they're going to get a modicum of success, but but I don't know what it solves because at the end of the day, all we're going to have is three right wing parties. But that's the thing is Andrew Yang is the Marjorie Taylor Green of liberals. Like he is a populist. He tried to run on um, on socialized medicine and um, and, and, and state run income. Yeah, UBI. He tried to run on that. Uh, it got him very popular, but it didn't win him an election. And so now, because the country is so fucking divided, he is going on this. Well, what do liberals hate? Well, liberals, you know, white liberals don't like uncomfortableness. So I'm just going to make the party of don't be uncomfortable. You know, if we don't talk about racism, guys, no one has to be upset about racism. If we don't talk about fascists, then we don't have to worry about them, right? Let's just, I mean, like, has Andrew Yang come out with anything about the fucking school shootings we're having? Has Andrew Yang come out about fascism? Has Andrew Yang come out about imperialism or the shit we're doing? Has Andrew Yang come out and said anything about fucking the RV Wade and, the, and what the Supreme Court is doing to us and destroying our Fourth Amendment rights? No, he has no opinion. He doesn't give a shit. He is literally just here to make white liberals go, aww. I don't have to feel bad anymore. 
That's all it is. This is a placebo. This is a sugar pill. This is this is a pat on the butt and getting tucked into a warm bed while the house is on fire is what fucking Andrew Yang is. And that guy's a piece of shit. Uh, but I don't have a strong opinion. Prepper, what do you think? <laughs> I don't have I don't have any opinion on that dude. I um you know, I saw I heard about it and I read a little bit about it, but I was just like, oh fuck, you know, like another it's just it's just another team for right wingers to kind of co-opt and and uh and mobilize around um it's not going to do anything for the left i am um no. i'm a proponent for the unicorn party which um if you haven't heard it's uh jasmine sherman is running for president uh if you um need more information look her up she's dope as hell um another charlatan uh and and i know her personally she's dope. she's awesome is she, is she is she a capitalist no i'm interested i don't think so she is she is definitely anti-capitalist she is definitely like pro-universal she's 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 just called she's running on like pure socialist uh platform like universal oh, health care right. universal uh basic income um you know, all houses should be all uh, empty houses should be uh, eminent domain and handed over to um, houseless folks. Like she's just Fuck yeah. Yeah, mm. for the whole thing. Mm. So, mm. so yeah, look her up. Um, you know, as, as such, she's not like gaining a lot of traction with the establishment folks, um, the Dems and the and the folks who are who are just hell bent on this two party quote-unquote two-party system that we have but uh but she is an alternative out there and um you know i can't help but bring her name up because because uh, she's awesome we'll have to get her on the show at some point because all she needs yeah she's not getting traction is the all left bump we have eight or nine listeners and that will really oh yeah just bring Solid, it up consolidate her nine listeners <laughs> put her up there all thanks right. mom <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, that's awesome. But that's that's the kind of shit we need. But that is someone who's actually looking at real problems that are affecting citizens and mm-hmm. coming up with a humanitarian solution. And it seems so fucking weird that that's hard to find. Um, but a lot of yeah. times that's what we get is we get solutions in search of problems, you know, and that's why you get and that's that's why I have such vitriol hatred for Andrew Yang. It's not because he disagrees with me or he's to the right of me. I hate Andrew Yang because he's a fucking charlatan and he's a snake oil salesman. He is absolutely selling you a placebo and saying the only thing we need is to get along more. And it's like, and it's the same shit that people who didn't want to dismantle slavery in the South said at the Civil War. Like, no, we're all Americans and we all just need to come together. It's like, you know, people are being raped to death, right? Like, your fucking feelings don't matter. And for a guy who will not come out against modern lynching, who will not come out and take a strong stance against the body sovereignty of women and and, and will not care about homeless people in this country, like... For someone who won't come out to any of that, where there are children going to bed hungry in every city in this country, and he doesn't have a fucking strong opinion about that, and he's just really sad that people are mad at Ted Cruz, he can go fuck himself. Yeah, there's some real low-hanging fruit out there. Um, I think I, I, I'm, I'm always a little shocked whenever I remember that we have a full-fledged torture camp going on in guantanamo like 
for like 25 years. That is that is my go to soapbox stance on this show is I'm always like concentration camps at the border and a torture prison in Guantanamo. An illegal one, by the way. What the hell? Like the U.N. doesn't allow us to have it. Yeah, but we don't give a fuck what they want. Because Dick Cheney wanted it. Yep. Yeah. Well, you heard the speaking of the UN, you heard that they declared a um, an environmental catastrophe at uh, Lake Mead and the other one, the other lake out there, which is y'all's area, I guess. It's closer to y'all. Yeah, it's yeah, it's fairly close. And all the dead bodies <laughs> that they're finding yes. in the lake. Fuck! Oh my goodness. Yeah, people with uh, rocks in their pockets, shall we say? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh man! All so right. Well then. Uh... Don't, don't dig up any soil near train tracks in this country, then. Yeah, right. You know, we're losing like eight inches of water a day off of Lake Mead. That's, that's the fine. reason for that. Yeah, everything's fine. The drought's fine. Just, Record just need to heat wave all over, the, all over the world. You know, people in Western uh, Europe seeing like, what is it, 40 degree weather, uh, 40 degree C, yeah. um, which is absolutely unheard of. Uh, but global warming doesn't exist, so it's fine. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. Man-made I mean, global warming getting, doesn't exist. Scientists are getting desperate now, too. Did you guys hear about the NASA guy that was... Uh, yeah, chained himself up. And like he's literally just up there pleading for people to listen. And it, it, cops just like, no, you got to leave private property, bud. Dude, I'm telling you, like, they, watch... They just don't watch, care. If, any, if y'all haven't seen it, watch Don't Look Up. Oh, my God. Like, yeah, that yeah, movie exactly is absolutely yeah. hilarious, and it is such a like a beautiful satire of, of that entire thing. Is it satire though? Like we literally have news (laughs) clips being put up against the news clip in the show and it's the same fucking response. Of course it is. But the movie is satire. I mean, come on. What's his name? Um, Dyson, the astrophysicist. Neil Neil deGrasse Tyson. Neil deGrasse Tyson. Tyson. Like he said that it was more documentary than uh, (laughs) than satire. Because he's got a sense of humor. Yeah. Yeah, he does. The point stands like it's if like it's the same joke like joke I make about idiocracy. At some point, it's no longer satire and it's just a predictive movie. Hey, 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 hey! Idiocracy had a president who actually won the popular vote, and even though he was an idiot, actually tried to help his people. Idiocracy is a better is a better political landscape than what we have. FYI. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like yeah. watch Idiocracy, like oh man, I wish my leaders were that compassionate and competent. Yeah, Wayne <laughs> Herbert, Elizondo Camacho, man, he was he was the I'd vote for him. He was better than Biden or Trump. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but uh, speaking of 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 you know disasters, also I just want to take a second to point out monkeypox. Now, if if y'all haven't seen what's going on with monkeypox, it's some scary shit. And I'm not talking about you might get monkeypox. I'm gonna fuck about that. We're all gonna die anyway. But <laughs> um, if you've noticed, has anybody caught the uh, the subtle, not so subtle, rampant homophobia that going on subtle. about this? This is this is yeah. 1986 all yeah. over again. Yep, it is the. It Don't is be the gay, gay and get monkeypox, okay? That's that's essentially what everyone is saying. Is don't be gay and get monkeypox. Yeah, the CDC is coming out and will not stop announcing like, well, it's spreading fastest through gay men. It's like, first of all, I actually have trouble believing that. I actually really do. Because literally, 
It spread through cuddling and sharing bed sheets and swapping fluids, which, as far as I know, straight people do just as much. I mean, maybe that's just because gay people have a way more banging sex life than heteros do. Um, Probably. But like, Speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Buy me dinner first. No, I, I'm married, so you know, you know where it goes. Uh, um, you're married. I don't want to hear it from you guys. Uh, <laughs> It, it, it really is. It feels like the Reagan administration's response to AIDS again, all over again. It's the same Absolutely. thing. And and we have a short fucking memory in this country of exactly what we did during the AIDS crisis was absolutely refused to act, right? Mm-hmm. That, that the AIDS oh, crisis yeah. was considered, oh, it, 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 it's spreading through the gay population. So it's not a fucking problem for us. And Reagan intentionally kept all of this away from any federal funding from any federal investigation would not allow health services had no one given a shit about antiviral treatments like how many people died of hiv and aids who did not need to because they just wanted to spread this propaganda that it was a gay problem even though by the way by the time we hit the 90s and it has been ever since the number one people who contract hiv are women who have sex with men women are actually the number one uh, demographic of catching HIV and AIDS. Um, but we don't want to talk about that. They want to spread the lie that it's gay men because nothing is scarier than gay men. And especially during that time, if you remember, they were always trying to show picture of gay men of color as a part of it too. Uh, it, that was the subtler part. Um, but if you look at stuff from back then, it's like, yeah, you'd, have, you'd sometimes see a, a skinny white guy dying in a bed. But anytime there's pictures of people on the street, part of the, it was always focusing on gay black men. It was this perfect crossroads of people the right hates. And we're seeing it all over again. We are seeing it all over again. Oh, monkeypox is spreading through the gay population. And it's just, it's fucking insane. They won't shut up about it. And well, I think and it dovetails, I think it dovetails perfectly into what the SCOTUS, where the SCOTUS is headed, right? Because we know clearly oh, yeah. they're going for, uh, they're going to pull down same sex marriage. And so they have to vilify uh, the LGBTQ, you know, community ahead of that just to kind of seed the ground for it. That's my my thought on it. But my issue with this one is, and you're absolutely right, 100%. Like, I, it wouldn't surprise me. At, at this point, the Supreme Court could just literally come out and say, we're going to kill the firstborn son uh, of every family until you smear lamb's blood on the door. Because that's what the fucking Bible says. Like, it, it just, it wouldn't fucking blow me away. Claire, there's nothing Clarence Thomas could say at this point that that could surprise me unless he was like, hey, poor people need help. That that might blow me away. Now, Clarence Thomas would surprise the hell out of me if he came out. And uh, and what I say is in line, because you notice that he he wrote all these uh, pieces about um, like what the the rationale for reversing Roe v. Wade and how that plays into all these other um you know, codified law that's not the loving case. On the book. Right. But he left that one out, right? He left that one out. So if he comes out and says that, then I know, okay, okay. This, that, that would surprise me. That would be like, Oh, okay. So you're, so you're willing to sell everything. Cause that dude somewhere, somebody has some shit on him. All right. Nobody turns their back on everything they've ever known. Without somebody knowing, like he's he's not he's not gonna be some billionaire. He's not like some superhero or something. Like he's just this old black man who is just lost, is just out there, like 
alone. Like I, I'm just wondering, like who the fuck are his people? But Where I think are he's his a true people? believer? This guy is the Black Klansman from Dave Chappelle. Like I really do. I think so because it's not just that he's old and senile now. Because if, I mean, after the Anita Hill case, he's quoted as saying, "Like I'm going to be on the bench now. And I'm going to make this a liberal hell. I'm going to make hell for liberals." Like he swore revenge. After he got put on the bench, he literally had said that. Those were his words, that he's going to make liberals pay with the rest of his life. Like, So, no, I really think this guy is a Fox News drinking. Like, I really do. I think he's he is he is he is Uncle fucking Tom. That's just who he is. He believes in it. I think he he he's Uncle Ruckus. That's who this guy is. Because, look, I mean, if you read his brief on Roe v. Wade, he's again talking about a domestic supply of children. Oh, well, yeah. oh, that, this is depopulation. Oh. He's talking about a domestic supply of white children. I mean, because, I mean, let's face it. People want to say this isn't about race. This is only about gender. Bullshit. In, in, in a country where black women have almost twice the mortality rate of white women, you cannot mm-hmm. tell me there's not a racial component to forced birth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And But he's into that. And that's what I'm saying is this is this guy looks in the mirror, doesn't like what he sees. And so he just wants to look at his shitty, crusty white wife who hates everything good in the world and oh. and support that. I mean, this is this January 6th traitor. You know, he he you know, no, sorry. They 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 were matching hoods at night. You can't convince me otherwise. Clarence Thomas, is. Okay. I think he's a true okay. believer and he's evil. I I, I can't fathom. My blackness won't allow me to of to, to see another black man and be like, "This dude believes all this bullshit." Like I, yeah, I, I can't put myself in those shoes. You're an intelligent human being with empathy. He is not, and that's why you can't see yeah. it, and he is it. Yeah, because Maybe you have so. empathy, and he doesn't. Maybe so. Speaking of empathy for black folks, uh, we can talk a little bit about Brittany Griner. Is that the is that her name? Yeah, uh, the one in Russia, right? Yes. Oh, yeah, she's yeah. Uh, Olympian. Yeah. Um, you know, star athlete uh, gets picked up on some you know bullshit weed charges and yeah. uh, got sentenced to nine years in in Russia. And um, I, I don't remember the comedian. Maybe we can look for this uh, somewhere. But there was a comedian who who did a whole bit back in the day about why other countries don't take black Americans hostage. And it's because America doesn't <laughs> give a fuck about us and isn't going to go to bat for us. And I think Putin just like, he just illustrated that perfectly. You know, uh, that happens like, to be Dave Chappelle, <laughs> Dave Chappelle. All right. Yeah. Unfortunately. Well, the, the sentiment is true and it has played out in yeah. um in real time as we've watched uh Brittany Griner um get detained and her country do absolutely Shit. nothing. Yeah, do fuck, fuck all fuck nothing over. for yeah. her. I mean I think Biden came out today and said something along the lines of Putin, please do this. I strongly encourage you. Wait, are, are, aren't, aren't we trading no, I thought we were we, we negotiated that we we're gonna trade some fucking arms dealer for her. I don't, I haven't seen that but maybe Quick billions to the internet. Yes. Everyone, Google furiously. And uh, Kay, leave this in for the edit. This is what we actually do all day long, folks, in our podcast. Is uh, We say things, and then we have to fact check it. We have to all Google furiously. <laughs> uh, all I'm seeing is that she was found guilty. I'm not seeing anything 
Sentenced to nine years, found guilty. So I've seen something uh, from Fox. Brittany Griner, Paul Whelan trade needs to get over the line, even at cost of merchant of death experts. There we go. Yeah, the Biden administration was proposing a prisoner exchange to bring her home with another American prisoner, uh, a foreign Marine, Paul Whelan, and they were going to give some Russian arms dealer in in exchange. Oh, was there Victor a response on Boat. that? Yeah, it hasn't happened yet. <clears throat> They're still talking about it. Okay. Okay. All because, right. Well, yeah. To be fair, Prepper's right. Like <clears throat> she's a black woman, so you know the the, the clock's going to tick real slow on this one. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm pretty sure that if this was, you know, some blue-eyed, blonde-haired, you know, woman, then, it, it well, then, wouldn't then have gone would defend her way. country against Russia. Uh, it's just ah, <laughs> uh, I'm just ah. Uh. Anywho, so, oh, speaking of Ukraine, have you guys seen how Vosh has uh, flipped? Instead of being Mr. fucking Ukraine, 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 all I care about yeah. is Ukraine. All of a sudden, now yeah. he's like Taiwan, Taiwan, Taiwan. Taiwan. Yep. If this yep. is not evidence, I stopped listening to him. I can't. I can't. Do I it. never did. I, I I literally track what he fucking writes sometimes to follow him to, to harass him. It, no one, yeah. no one listens to him. But I like, got to admit, I have never listened to Vosh. Oh, uh, dude, you are. It's it it, okay. So it's it, it's kind of like Alex Jones. Like you are you are missing nothing and everything at the same time. It, it is an effort in obscure. He's basically trying to sell himself as an anarcho communist who roots for NATO. Um, it's the weirdest fucking hot take you've ever seen. He's a total pedo, admits to sexual harassment, and it's a child porn. Um, uh, he, he, he drops the N-word at all times and claims it's just a joke and you're the problem. He platforms Nazis. Like, he's an absolute piece of shit. But he claims to be a leftist and an anarchist. Yeah. He's, a, he's an absolute well, cosplayer. Well, here's the thing. I would say he's more akin to, uh, uh, I would say, a uh, Joe Rogan type. Because he he does co-opt a lot of leftist arguments, and I think he has written the coat. It's the same kind of shit that like Jimmy Dore does. I don't know if you're familiar with him or not. Yeah, uh-huh. but it's it's this it's this weird thing where they they've taken the most popular leftist ideas, UBI, Medicare for all, all of these things, and they've claimed to be for them. And they advocate for them and they get all pissy when people like AOC don't do enough to to fight for them. And, and they get people all on their side with that. And then when everyone isn't looking, they, you know, platform a bunch of white supremacists and start talking about, you know, how there should be no legal age of consent and all this other weird fucking out there shit. And people like us are like, wait a minute, I don't care how good their argument about fucking Medicare for all is. We should not be following this fuck. And everyone that's a fan of them is like, you're just a fake leftist. Why are you believing these lies? And we're like, no, here's the YouTube video where they did this. No, it's like, because you, 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 it's out of context and, and you're a Russian it, bot. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's, but it's this weird thing that's happened on the left. It's, and it was one of the motivations for us to start this podcast because like... I don't believe that personally there is any good representation on the left. What we've got is we've got reformists like AOC and Bernie Sanders. And while they're nice and I appreciate sometimes the effort they do, they're they're ultimately ineffective and do nothing. And then you've got people like Doran Vosh who take all the all all of the the good ideas of the lefts and pervert them in the most god-awful way but they've managed to do it in a way that generates a cult following that's akin to the trumpers these people are dogmatic like they they don't want to hear anything 
Um, and, and it doesn't matter how many video clips you show them, how many news articles you see, how many direct quotes you give them. Everything you say is a lie perpetrated by people that are against them. It's literally the same mentality as the Trumpers. And so I just, that's, I think, is the most frustrating thing for me. It's because we've got no one. Like, I mean, I'll support whoever I can, you know, that, that is actually a leftist as far as politics go. But even there, our pickings are slim when it's not a national election. You know, we locally, there's. <laughs> Great. We got proper pig. Yeah. Uh-huh. Thank you. I mean, I ain't running for shit though. (laughs) Well, good. Because if if you were, you might lose my support if you signed down with the DNC. Let me tell you. Uh, But no, like, what's going on with this guy? And again, this is evidence that he is an absolute state asset. It's just, it's undeniable. All this guy does is sing, is sing NATO, sing U.S. imperialism. He was fully behind Ukraine, and now he is fully behind Thailand. And I want to take a quick, quick, and I promise I'll make it. Yeah, I'll make it very brief. But the 32nd history lesson on Taiwan is Taiwan is an, is an island off the coast of China. Okay, Historically, Taiwan has always been a part of China. China was an empire before the United States was ever the United States. China was an empire while people in France and England were living in fucking caves. Okay, China is an ancient culture. It has been here forever. It has gone through changes, but... The only cultures that predate you know, what we would consider ethnically and culturally China is cultures in North Africa and the Middle East. Like right after that, you have China. And that was the next area of migration, right? That's literally where it comes. There's people there was people building civilizations in China while cave people were starting to march over the Bering Strait into the Western Hemisphere. So they have always been that way. Now, you can make a lot of arguments about Asia being uh, diced up, you know, like sometimes China and Korea went to war, Japan and Korea, Korea and Vietnam, Cambodia and China. Like, you know, you can make a lot. Of, there's a lot of times that borders moved and cultures switched. But mainland China has always been a part and Taiwan have always been linked. Right. Uh, it's kind of like Okinawa and Japan. Like, yes, there's times where they've had independence or whatever, but they have been united in a culture and a people during the Cold War. There was a revolution in China, and they overthrew the terrible serfdom that they had, ended imperialism, and uh, Mao took over. Now, you can love Mao, you can hate Mao, you can think communism's awesome and communism sucks, it doesn't matter, it's not what you discuss. That is what happened. A general took over the country in a giant revolution, ended serfdom, and freed the farmers. We didn't like that. That was a problem. And so the United States and the Western powers set up a government in exile in Taiwan, right? Uh, the premier of China went over to Taiwan, set up a government there, um, and, and and lived in exile there. And basically, it was said that, like, okay, China, you're not allowed to go in Taiwan or we're going to nuke you, even though it was their fucking island. I mean, that would literally be like right now, um, you know, we, we you know, there's a revolution in the United States and Biden flees to, to, to the Florida Keys or he flees to the island of Catalina off California or he flees to somewhere in Puget Sound off Washington. And then, you know... Fucking Russia's like, nope, we'll nuke you if you go over there. You can't have it. Puget Sound doesn't belong to you anymore. And that's literally what happened is the Western world just decided that Taiwan had to exist, the small little culture. Now, Nancy Pelosi goes over there and talks about the beacon of freedom. While China was freeing slaves and ending serfdom, Taiwan was setting up one of the world's largest slave trades. People don't like talking about that. You know, all those, oh, well, everything's made in Taiwan. Who do you think made it? 
Sure as fuck wasn't skilled craftsmen eating a nice meal. It was slaves. And yeah. uh and and this wasn't like underground. This was legalized slavery. They had a strict caste system. Um and by the way, this is the same for uh, Tibet as well. Tibet was also a slave nation. The Dalai Lama had lifelong chattel slaves. Um China's not perfect by any means. It is not. China's got a whole lot of fucking problems, but it kind of seems to be the places that get taken away from China are worse. Um, so Taiwan is a place where uh, they had slavery. The 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 I don't know to call he didn't call himself the prime minister. He was the he wasn't the king either. The premier, the premier was like, wasn't he? Yeah, as the premier. I'm not sure. Um, but he set up a slave trade and had slaves, had house slaves, the whole nine. Um, and kind of went crazy, also started uh, purging his own nation, uh, had political prisoners tortured and murdered his own people all over the place. Uh, it was very like, if you speak out against the government, you'll be dragged out into the street and shot, had a terrifying uh, secret police regime, until finally he was ousted and Taiwan was forced to formally end slavery. And so now Taiwan is the place to go for sex slavery. Now, if you want to have sex with an eight-year-old, Taiwan's your spot. They have a huge sex tourism industry. Uh, and they also are the number one sellers of men for labor uh, slavery. They just don't do it publicly. Uh, most of the fishing done in the Asian seas is done by slave labor, where these guys are taken from everywhere, forced into servitude on ships, held at gunpoint. Their passports are stolen, and they are sent out on ships for a decade at a time um, for slave labor in the tuna fishing industry that all comes out of Taiwan. Um, so this idea that we need to fly over to Taiwan to preserve their freedom. Taiwan is a garbage state. It is a terrible fucking place. This is not Hong Kong where there are people yearning to breathe free. Taiwan is an elitist caste system state of slavery. That is who they are. And this idea that we have to go over there and sing their praises just so we can give a fuck you to China is insane. There was no reason for it, no need for it. And Nancy Pelosi literally flew over to Taiwan just to be an asshole to China. And again, I know I come off as a China stand sometimes. I'm trying not to. China has forced labor camps. Uh, Re-education through labor is a terrible thing. Uh, their people have absolutely no fucking freedom of movement, freedom of choice of labor. Like China, not great. But they do a lot of things better than even we do. And the idea that we they are the enemy and are constantly the ones who need to be watched out for and attacked is a straw man. China, has, China does nothing to us. China doesn't fly people over here to fuck with us. China doesn't send dignitaries to Cuba and piss all over the wall at Guantanamo Bay and talk shit. China doesn't do that. China's hanging out doing China, but we can't stand it because China's a major economic player. And China is doing what we did after World War II. They're winning a lot of friends. They're giving no-interest loans to other Asian nations to help build infrastructure. And that is a fucking scary prospect to us. And so we have vilified China ever since the Great Revolution over there. And this effort of Nancy Pelosi to fly over there just to just to show solidarity with slave holding Taiwan is insane. Um, and when you see people like and the fact that, you know, fucking state assets like Vosh are touting it is a good sign to see exactly where you should stand on this one. Um, but that is what I wanted to throw out there. What do you guys think? I think if that's your definition of short, we could do a whole short episode on it if you like it. <laughs> I mean, that's a lot. Um, 
I, I, look, I mean, it, of course, we're we're in an echo chamber here, so of course, I'm going to agree with everything you said. I just, it's to me, it's 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 hard to have a, a any kind of significant reaction to these things because it, it's what I expect. You know, I I've I stopped like expecting Pelosi to be anything but a bootlicking, you know, servant of U.S. nationalism a long time ago. Um, you know, I, I don't tend to focus on her anymore because I just don't see her as anything, anyone useful to the left. She She's just another puppet of our greedy capitalist system. You know, most of my focus that I try to do with politicians is, you know, I stick with AOC and the squad because they're as left as we've got in there and just follow them. Obviously, anyone who's ever listened to this knows I've got plenty of criticisms, criticisms of them. Um, but it's just, I, I, I don't, I don't have any like shocked or anger to give towards Pelosi because to me, it's just, it's a Wednesday for Pelosi. But I this mean, isn't it, about Pelosi. This is about the U S state department and us fucking with China for no reason. I mean, but with, yeah, but that's what we've always done. I, I agree with you. I think it's bullshit. I think we're, I think we're poking a really fucking big grizzly bear because there's only going to be so long that we can keep up this shit because they can cripple us economically. They Bro, really Panda Bear was right there. <laughs> Probably, but you know what? I'm, look, if people want wit, they tune into you. If they want angry ranting, that's what they come here for me for. Let's just stick to our lanes. Did you forget the last four minutes of this podcast stream? <laughs> But like I don't know, like so I know that you know we tend to agree on this stuff. But okay, so so proper, like where do you stand on like not even like I'm not saying where do you stand, but like what are your thoughts? Because again, me, Kay, and Matt's stances on imperialism are well known, that kind of thing. Like, how do you feel about this kind of shit? And I don't know what it's related to. And like, give us a fresh take on, on imperialism here. Like, what what's what's uh, I, I don't what's think that I have off? a fresh take, you know, on imperialism. I meant fresh for the show. I'm, I'm sure you're. I'm watching China for what China is doing in Africa, and them just you know running roughshod across all these different uh, governments in Africa as they scoop up natural resources by the effing but you know boatload. So I I you know and I'm watching you know I've been seeing since Trump this uh, trade battle that we've had with China. Um, these kind of like low-level tensions that we've been going through, I I look at it and I'm like, why? And I realize that this is like maybe playing, you know, fourth-dimensional chess at a level that I'm not, you know, that there's a lot of information that I'm not getting. I just, um, I don't know. I Honestly, I don't know. Like I look at Taiwan and I'm just like, okay, whatever. You know, I am mostly interested in what affects black and brown people here you know these political games this you know brinksmanship and one-upsmanship uh that i see being played out across the globe if it's not going to if it's not going to bring about like lower food prices you know or it's not going to bring about more security for my people I'm I'm not going to say I'm not really interested in it. It's just like it's not grabbing me. Right. Nancy Pelosi flying to Taiwan and the Chinese, you know, state media talking about, you know, launching missiles and stuff. Y'all ain't going to do that. We know y'all ain't going to do that. You know, y'all know y'all ain't going to do that. Y'all are posturing 
and um you know stop it do some do some real shit like i understand that china has like i have a i have a huge amount of respect for china just as a historical superpower you know like they've been on point for a long time you know uh back to i would i would say that they're up there with like for me egypt ethiopia and the olmec cultures as far as like the length of time that they've just been just balling out but uh, i sometimes wonder like i'm wondering with everything that's going on here what's going to happen here and really my only insight into China or my only question about China is what role is China going to play when shit really hits the fan here in America, you know, as a prepper, as somebody who's kind of continually looking at the horizon for, you know, what shit show is going to break out next. uh, My big, my big concern is, you know, if shit does go South here, um, which I'm thinking that there's going to be some major problems, especially in October. Uh, I wrote a whole piece about it, um, which you can find on Patreon, shameless plug. But uh, but I think you've got like food shortages. You've got people, you've got the um, student loan payments that are set to come back into effect for a lot of folks. You've got all this shit with the election in November and all the craziness politically that's going to be happening. You've got global, uh, you've got climate change and... Um, you know, just wildfires and all the crazy stuff, probably going to be a pretty good hurricane thrown in the mix just for shits and giggles. There's flooding in Kentucky right now. Who knows how, you know, far uh, issues like that are going to go. So I'm just looking at it like, what can I do to make sure that as many vulnerable folks are as prepared as possible to at least fend for themselves for a little bit uh, until they can get their natural, like mutual aid and stuff, going in their area, China doesn't play a big, yeah. a big role in that. And that's super fair. I worry that it's it's definitely gonna again things like food shortages and inflation and things that are hurting us. Um, I I actually think this brinksmanship plays a lot into it. This idea that we are at odds and have to be enemies with other trading partners in the world only leads to economic issues for the poor not never the rich but will always lead to it for the poor i mean we see what's already happening immediately oh there's a there's a war in ukraine okay well food prices are going to go up and gas prices are going to go up we're going to fuck over everyone who can't afford to live that's always the first thing goes on so i think they're related but i would agree with you like it's it is when we're looking at things like like I, i work for a food bank um and i think i think you're dead wrong because we have seen in the last month need is just skyrocketing um the 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 amount of people you say dead wrong or dead on oh dead on you're you're 100 correct oh yeah well i mean that's not like some prognosis from my crystal ball like it's 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 here like we're we're seeing it it's it's but i think nobody's talking about it every once in a while the news is happy to talk about things like inflation they'll talk about what the federal reserve is doing they'll talk about the interest rates um but they're not going to talk about food being gone i mean we had biden come out and say hey guy the way guys there's gonna be big fucking food shortages and everyone was like what it was like we're not talking about that anymore never mind and and the wizard was shoved back behind the curtain 
and it's happening. There are major food shortages everywhere. Again, I work in this industry. I feed people, and there is a beautiful storm happening of the need of 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 working poor and unhoused families needing food, and the sources of food drying up. Um, not just for them, but for food banks and for charities and for governmental programs, like. Everywhere that can disperse food to people in need has less and less food. Budgets are being slashed. Food is drying up. While working class people, poor people, and unhoused people are being forced more onto the brink. So need is increasing as supply is dropping. And we have record profits for every single industry pumping pumping this. Yep. Every single one of them. Record profits. So... Labor movements. That's my. That's that's how I. That's how I uh, keep myself sane. As I just look and I see, like, oh, uh, what was it? The um, Amazon workers in UK, yeah, like did a yeah. major walkout. You know, and I was like, hell yeah. Um, hopefully, and I'll share this with you now. Hopefully, it's in Jason, but hopefully, I should have some good news uh, myself. Uh, um, getting involved with uh, labor because I I've done a lot of organizing in a lot of different areas. Um, but I really want to get involved more pointedly with um, the labor movement. I just think yeah. like we have to, we have to mobilize workers and in order to do that, we yeah. have to go to, we have to go to places and talk to workers. And I think that really the, like my argument, like when I, when I, talk to people and I'm like, what would you be doing if you didn't have to work? It, it, you get the, usually I get a little pushback, like, you know, well, I always have to work and I've always worked and I'm, you know, a hard worker and I'm such a great worker and I can go, 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 you know, I can do it forever. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, but what if you didn't have to? Yeah. What if you didn't have to? What if, what if, what would you be doing? What's your hobby? And then they say, oh, well, I like woodworking or I like, you know, car maintenance or, you know, I, w- I always wanted to dance, you know, competitively or whatever. And I'm like, well, you know, you could you could do that. You could definitely do that. There are the, you, we could set it up. You're, you pay your taxes, your taxes. You pay that money. That money is yours right now. It's just being spent on fucking Navy SEALs. And I, I, I so, oh, I so want to talk to people, and I'm just like, you realize your tax dollars pay the Navy SEALs, right? You realize you don't ever hear about what the fuck they're up to, but they're not playing cards in some rec room somewhere. Like they're out slitting throats right now, you know, making sure some smaller nation doesn't rise up and you know, go all anti-capitalist on them and stop, you know, playing into the, the U.S.'s dominion. They're out there doing that shit right now. Like, we could just stop that. And they're doing it domestically. Look what the FBI just did to the, the black anti-capitalist movement, claiming they were agents of Russia and completely raided their headquarters. What was it a week ago? Yeah, something like that. I've, I've, have you but say, have you guys not heard about this? That, that's, that's a new one. Tangentially, I... Yeah, there was a full-on counter-prolo um, 
uh, operation done against um, uh, a, a black union organization. I mean, while you're looking that up, what I will say is, I mean, we get pretty doom and gloom here. And one of the things I've been trying to do, especially lately, because I do, I have kids too, is trying to see like, where can I find any help? And I will, and I think these two things are linked, but it's with Gen Z and the labor movement. I think those two things are very closely tied because I have never seen a generation more politically active, more open to the ideals of socialism uh, than this generation. And, and they are, they're not playing around. I mean, going back to uh, what we talked, I don't think we even got to cover this because we didn't have an episode last week, but uh, the thing with Ted, uh, not Ted Cruz, sorry, Matt Gates. Uh, did you guys hear about the thing with Matt Gates and him just basically helping to the contribute pedophile? about two million? Yeah. A Republican pedophile, Matt Gates. You heard of him? Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I've heard of him. Yeah. I know that guy. So, long story short, I'll try to be quicker than uh, than my my esteemed co co-host Chris there. How dare you? Um, but long story short, Matt Gates did what Matt Gates does, and he was super shitty, and he went after a, an activist who's like I think nineteen or twenty years old because it was something along the lines of like ugly girls don't have to worry about getting abortions because they'll never get laid. Oh and yeah. So, I, saw, yeah. I saw that. Yeah. So he publicly shamed her and this girl is amazing. She hit him back, ratioed him with her tweet and then used all of the publicity to raise. I think it's up past $2 million uh, for, for uh, women's clinics and things like that for, for women's health. Wow. And, like it's shit. It's, it's a, that is the kind of shit that I struggle to find. I don't see it at all in Gen X. I see it intermittently in millennials, but I see it mostly in Gen Z and they, they're just here for it. Like they're, they're spurring on this, this, this whole, like, you know, the great, you know, resignation. This is mostly Gen Z people. They're 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 leading the charge of this. They're not putting I up. Get, a shit I, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't like sucking the dick of different generations. I think I, Gen Z is, is is hot right now because they're young. Let me tell you something. In thirty years, Gen Z is going to suck ass, and I, I, and, and two I'm, generations I'm not, later is going to be fucking. I'm using awesome. <laughs> I'm using it as a descriptor though. But this is this isn't like. I'm just using it to qualify age groups. Like I'm not saying it's specific yeah. to one generation. How old? I, how I old are Gen Zs? How old are Gen Zs right now? Uh, Gen Z's are about. Gen Z's are, are are like ten are like ten to twenty. Ten to twenty now. Okay. Yeah. And so and, and it gets and even though look, I'll even be the first one to say this. The idea of generations is so vague. Like millennials are even subdivided into like elder millennials and younger millennials. And it, it's it doesn't make any sense. But it's I mean, we're humans. We naturally gravitate towards trying to group things into easily quantifiable lumps so that we can make, you know, generalizations. And I know that doesn't you know, it's not a completely perfect uh, system, but in this case, the younger kids, and again, I would say it's probably the younger working kids, like the ones, like, I shouldn't even see that. It's like all the Sandy Hook kids, the ones that are coming out there. It's Greta Thunberg. It's these kids that have grown up in the hellscape that capitalism has created, and they're just done with it. You know, and I think a lot of us, like, I'm, I, I'm at, at that point, but I'm also like... I have I've managed to come out of all this bullshit relatively okay. Like I was as much as you can call me a victim, I, I was suckered in by ITT tech. And I still am paying off massive amounts of student debt. But I've got a good job that's unionized working for the county. I have a stable income. My wife has a stable income. Overall, we've been able to manage. I'm by no means the worst off. And so but these kids, they got the brunt of it. 
most of them by far and large are not as able to be successful. They're not able to find the jobs. There's nothing out there for them. You know, I think those, the idea that you work hard and go to school has been such a staple even for, for our generation, Chris. Like, I mean, you, we talked about it before, like when we were in high school, this idea of all you got to do is work hard and go to college. It doesn't matter what you get a degree in, just so you get a degree and jobs will flow like water. And, you know, we came out and realized that wasn't true. But these kids have grown up with, well, go to school, you know, get in debt, and you might have a job where you make shit wages. Like, that's their future. They've been promised. And so they're just like, well, if that's the best I can hope for, fuck this system. That is, I don't know. But that, that, that's always been the plan, and it's going to continue to worsen. Again, Lenin himself said the capitalists will send you the, sell you the rope to hang them with. Like that, that is the point, is that capitalism will end up denigrating and starving enough people until it is overthrown. It's the same yeah. as monarchy. It's the same game. But I said all that to say this. I think that's where I'm, a, I'm able to focus on and see hope in, in all of this nonsense. And that's kind of what keeps me going is when I see these stories of, again, every time I see a new Starbucks that's unionized, every time I see any any group that's like, we're now a union, fuck this corporate bullshit. It, it warms my heart and gives me hope. Every time I see somebody in the 90s or 20s, it's not only firing back at people like Gates or Pelosi, but also using their shittiness to raise money for their causes. That's where I rest my hope. And, and it's kind of where I want to steer the conversation because I think while it's okay to point out the terrible out there, and there's a lot of terrible to pick from, we also got to focus on something out there to latch onto that, that'll bring us forward or out of this. I don't know. I actually disagree. <laughs> I, I, I think you should take the hopeful for what it is and you should take the bad for what it is. And you should never seek one because there's an abundance of the other. Uh, I think we should take all of it at face value. If everything is terrible, I'm not going to seek out something hopeful. If everything is great, I'm not going to seek out something bad. Um, I mean, right and, now and we're in a place okay, where there's but... more bad, but polyannaism doesn't solve anything. And I think it's great. Again, unions are great. I think it's awesome that, that workplaces are starting to unionize. I think it's great that tenants unions are catching on. That's awesome. That is fantastic. But it, it doesn't solve the problem, which is capitalism. Yeah, but I'm not arguing it does. What I'm arguing I know, but, is but, that hope is a necessity in order to, to keep working to fix the issue. If you're just going to dive head first into a sea of shit, like, yeah, some people might come out okay, but most of you people are just going to drown in it. Hope, hope doesn't fix broken systems. Hope doesn't lead revolutions. Anger does. You know, I being, um, being done with your master's shit is what lead, is what changes it. I love that quote. Uh, being done with your master's <laughs> shit. Um, actually, one of my my main mantra is: I will no longer strive to build my master's house. Mm, and, I like that. Uh, yeah. So I've been saying that for years. Everybody who knows me um, can recognize that quote from me. Uh, and. But but I see both I see both sides right. Um, for a long time in my career, I guess as a servant of the people, I, I don't like like in the sense in the true sense of that, not like an elected person, but like as somebody who just has dedicated a lot of their time to making other people's lives somewhat better. Yeah. Early on, I um, and for a lot of it, I like kind of used anger to drive me. And to propel me forward and to get me up every morning and uh, tackling this shit show that uh, that is local politics and, you know, worker rights and all that stuff. But in the last year, after coming out of a really bad 
experience, work experience, um, with a with a very large nonprofit, Sierra <laughs> Club. Um, I uh, <laughs> I am more toward Matt. Like like it's great. Like I I'll give you an example. Back when I was young, I would kind of laugh at my mom because she she couldn't take. Uh, action movies and stuff with a lot of like violence and kind of grit to it. You know, she just she just wouldn't watch it. Uh, she's like, I, I just don't need to see that. And I was just like, oh, why? But now I'm to a point where I get it. You know, when your cup is full, it's just full. And if you don't have something else to focus on, that shit's going to drag you down. You know, like I have to focus on something good. I have to set my eye on something good. Otherwise, I'm just going to be depressed and in my own bullshit and in my head and not being creative and vibrant and doing what I can um, to keep going. I think that it's uh, I think that it's just it's a what I'm seeing from Chris and what I'm seeing from Matt is I see Chris as somebody who like hasn't reached that level where they're just overwhelmed by it all and have to back down. And what I see from Matt is somebody who has reached that level. And they've now backed down, and then now they say, you know, oh well, okay, now we, I gotta go find some 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 hope, some more hopeful shit to focus on, oh, or well, I'm, I'm just gonna go. Rage. Like, literally, so yeah, I, I was gonna say one of the things that drew me to Chris as a person, and I'm gonna suck your dick a little bit here, so just get ready. Oh, nice. Is nice. he is <laughs> he is a never ending like Chris is also one of the people I focus on for hope. Because Chris is never endingly on the side of the oppressor. He will always go to bat in defense of anybody that's oppressed. And he will, he, Chris is the kind of guy that will throw you back so he can jump in the shit himself. That is who Chris is as a person. And that's one of the reasons why I am friends with him and I stick with him, even though he's an awful human being and, and nobody should ever love him ever. Um, Sorry, I just had to bring your ego back down a little bit. No, I, I, I kidding me. I want you oh, to speak at my funeral. You're, you're giving the eulogy. <laughs> but, but I think, and I think both are necessary because here's the thing: if everybody was like me, I fully admit this. I don't think anything would ever get done. I people like me need the Chris's of the world to kick them in the ass when they are getting in that that pit. You know, it's it's not just enough to you know wish on a star. You've got to make things happen, and I think. People like Chris, and, and again, I, I've just met you, Lou, but I would say you're one of them as well. Like wh- our interaction when we when we uh, were on uh, Jordan's podcast, I, I was just everything you were saying. I was just like cosine, cosine, cosine. <laughs> um, I, I, uh, same for y'all. Yeah, and and I think that's and the reason I brought this up, and I wasn't saying that that all we should do is focus on the good. I agree. Like just wishing on a star is not going to do anything. You need action as well. But I also think it's important to remember that as much as the world is on fire, there are spots of goodness out there. And there are people I think showing us how to do things right. I think that what that girl did is a great example of how to hit back on the right when they do their shitty Twitter things. It's it's use it to raise money for the shit they're against. Because I mean, really, that's that's for them. That's ultimately where you hurt them is with, with their money. I hate saying it, but like you need to take their money away and you need to give it to other people. I mean, that's what we're advocating for anyway, right? Yeah, and 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 let me. Part of this might have been also like that might have been a knee jerk reaction for me, but it's I've spent my life being told to look on the bright side of everything, and I think I think you're right. I think there's nothing wrong with taking a mental health break 
and saying, I need to focus on something fucking positive for my own sanity. There's nothing wrong with that. Just make sure you don't ever try to pour water on someone else's rage because that's what changes the world. And I think, I think, I think, I think there's a fair point in the middle there. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's a lot of ground. And what I would, what I was thinking was, um, you know, to, to go to a Terminator reference, um, I've moved, I've moved from John Connor to Sarah Connor. Yes. You know? Oh, um, Oh, that's hot. That's hot. (laughs) And so I, I recognize, um, a lot of my, you know, I got, you know, I got out in the street and I, you know, was like, fuck, if I gotta, if I gotta go to trade and try on in Charlotte, North Carolina and yell at bankers, for six hours a day, that's what I'm going to do. Cause you know, fuck those douchebags. But, uh, but so, now so what you're like, saying is what you're saying is, is that there's no fate, but what we make for ourselves. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but what, what I'm, what I'm saying is like this Gen Z, I think that Gen Z to get back to that generational conversation we were having, Gen Z is a generation being raised and influence influenced largely by gen x and i'm a gen xer and i know that you know i've been i've been boycotting exxon since the fucking valdez you know like our generation has been largely unheard but we were the first ones to be like oh no 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 like like we gotta recycle we gotta like start fixing this shit because this is not going well and now i look at you know my daughters who are um six and seven sorry i wrong wrong number earlier but they're six and seven and um and i'm just like okay you know you you gotta understand like i'm i'm looking at them like you gotta understand the fight is coming and i'm gonna train you and i'm gonna teach you as much as i can and uh and so like today i took them out to the um to the track at the school we walk it we do a bunch of stretches and exercises we run it and then we do um fighting like we we do combat training and they are learning from an early age just you got to be prepared for the fight because the fight is coming i think that gen z is a generation being raised to know the fight is here (laughs) i love the shirt yeah they're being raised to know that the fight is here and and they're the ones who are gonna have to fight it And, and i i don't know that i have as much faith in them as maybe matt does but i definitely all our eggs are in that one basket because they're the ones who are going to have to do this shit. So my job at this point is to make sure that they have as many tools as I can possibly hand them. Um, My old ass isn't going to be with my fucked up knees. Isn't going to be out there on the front line, (laughs) you know, pulling ops and whatnot. Well, and to kind of go back to what I was talking a little bit, I think one of the issues is about like, you know, I was mentioning about where we sit on it and how much we've been able to succeed. And and I've seen versions of these numbers go around, but basically it's about who controls the wealth, right? That's usually what these conversations boil down to. And so boomers right now control about half of the wealth in the U.S., um, silent generation and earlier are, are somewhere between like 13 and 20%, depending where you look. Gen X usually ranges between like 21 and 29. Uh, millennials and younger go between 3% and 6%. And I think, and I say that because I think that is part of what I was trying to get at before, which is that even the older you get, the more wealth 
you know, statistically your generation has um, with, with, with millennials and younger, I think, and I mean, specifically with, with like people that were born in like 95 and later, most of them will con- currently control the like apps, like people born in like the 1940s and thirties control more, more wealth than that generation. And it kind of tells you where we're at as a society. I think it points to one of the failures of capitalism. We are literally at the end. This is, I don't know how it's going to go out. And I'm actually kind of curious um, to get both you, Lou, or you. So what do you think, Lou? Like, how do you think, what's the end game for, for capitalism, both in the U.S. and globally? And Chris, I, I don't think I've ever asked you this question either. Like, what, what do you think this ends? How do you think this ends, given our, our where we're currently at? Ooh. That is uh, that is a rough. <laughs> that is me, a, me, me, and Lou are about large. to bust out some dark shit right now. Yeah, that is I, a very I, large I, question. I figured as much because I honestly don't know. Uh, my the only thing I can think is that the U.S. collapses in on itself and just gets invaded by a foreign nation. Like that's really all I've got. Um, but I know you guys probably think about this a little bit more than I do. So I'm just curious what your guys' takes are. So. So there's, so there's, there's, I'll break it down into two, uh, two scenarios. The harder scenario is um, that income inequality continues to, uh, to spread. Um, more and more, quote unquote, middle class folks find themselves on the, you know, high end of poverty, and um, and a fascist. You know, dictatorship basically uh, comes in to take over. Uh, oligarchs kind of rule the roost, and most of the population is either enslaved or enslaved under a different name. You know, like there's either outright slavery through the carceral system, or there's wage slavery that just consumes um, pretty much everyone. At the same time, uh, we're going to see a, a, a boom in influencer culture and this kind of putting on this show of all the trips and the wealth and the you know um, name brands and and all these uh, really fake accounts of life to say you can have this life too if you just work a little harder if you just press a little more if you just you know save your money and you know invest in my nft or whatever so that's one scenario i think that that it basically boils down to slavery um an enslavement of of what i am gonna say would probably be a majority of americans and it's going to really start with black and brown folks, you know, over police populations. Um, Trump basically came out during his 2016 run and said part of his like eight point plan or whatever was to cordon off black areas and like set up watchtowers and, you know, and bullshit and just, you know, have roving police gangs that kind of tackle anybody who's, you know, out after after curfew, basically. So there's that happy thought. And um, but then there's the other side, right? The other side is enough workers coalesce 
under this kind of banner of um, worker rights and um, labor reform. And, and when I say labor reform, I mean like understanding the labor movement as the answer to climate change and income inequality and LGBTQ rights and a ramp, you know, a rabid SCOTUS um, <clears throat> saying, okay, well, we can just shut your shit down. We can just stop the money, the money pipeline until you give us what we want. In that case, the, the sky's the limit. You know, once workers understand the power that we possess as a, as a group collectively, oh, it's, it's whatever. Because I think Chris has said multiple times, the SCOTUS is just nine wizards, you know, in black robes off doing God knows what, trying to, you know, divine what a bunch of dead white slave owners would have thought about today's society. And, um, and these, like these billionaires and stuff, like there's only so many of them. And there's way more of us. And they don't, they don't cook their own meals. They don't raise their own kids. You know, we do all that shit. We know where they live. We know where their children go to school. We know where they, you know, what food they like. We can fucking turn this shit around in, in a couple days. But it's going to take a lot of uh, hardcore organizing to teach people the potential and to give them a vision. We have to give them a vision that says that thing you want to do that you feel deep down in your heart. The great resignation to me, I, I hate that, that term and I, you know, no offense for anybody using it, but I don't like it because it wasn't like people just resigned and went home and sat around. You know, yeah. I call it the social shuffle because a bunch of people got a little bit of extra dough. Just just what $600 would do? $600 convince people, fuck it. I'm going to go back to school and I'm going to do what I want to do. You know? That to me is crazy. Like the fact that we're not harping on that for at the beginning of the of the shutdown, and I'm sorry, I'm vamping here, but at the beginning of the shutdown, everybody stayed the fuck in their houses. And rivers cleared up. You could see mountains that you couldn't see before from cities. Uh, you know, smog went away. The fish and shit started to return. Like, we think of, we tend to think of the earth as being on this, like, brink of catastrophe and it's, like, all going down. But the earth is a remarkable organism that has the ability to heal and heal really fast. I think that that's what we're not getting. Like that's the point that the scientist, scientific uh, community isn't putting forward enough. The Earth can heal really fast from what we've done, even all that we've done. But we are continually killing it, and it's a handful of people who are doing it, and they're using workers to do it. And workers need to understand that. But we can, you know, get UBI, and then you can go off and do what you what you are called to do, and Right now, the greatest tragedy in the world is unfulfilled potential. You know, the cure for cancer, which I know we have like a dozen of them already, but the, it sits in somebody's mind. Somebody is flipping burgers somewhere. Somebody is mopping floors who all they needed was a chance to do what they really love to do. And they could have invented some crazy shit that, you know, we got flying cars and we're, you know, skipping across the galaxy. And and no, we're stuck. So those are the two options that I have. Slavery or absolute freedom.
I like it. That second one is is, is almost verbatim the kind of shit Chris started telling me to move me further left. You wascally wabbit, you. Well, I think it's true. It's it's actually. I mean, when I, when I talk about hope, that's the future that I'm hoping for as well. Like, I mean, that. We'll I mean, I, I I don't know that we're going to get there, but that's what I want. We'll get there eventually, because that's that's that that is that is the one thing about this is that eventually the good will prevail. Like that that's the light at the end of the tunnel. That's why I don't have a problem being mad as hell about all of it. Is because eventually the people will win. It could happen tomorrow, but it won't because y'all don't want to burn down the Reichstag yet. But it'll happen. Eventually we will. Eventually we'll be willing to burn down the fucking Supreme Court building. And when that happens, shit'll go right. But it also depends on who does it. So things are going again. I, I, <laughs> I'm a student of history, not the future. So take everything I say with a grain of salt. None of, I don't. I have no idea what what is going to happen in the future. But if I had to look at where we've seen this, you know, again, there, there's an old saying. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't coin this, but I always like it. Is that history does not repeat itself, but it often rhymes. Um. And if we are to look historically at what happens in situations like these is it gets a whole lot worse before it gets better. We are looking at the crumbling of an empire. That is what is happening. It is a governmental and economic system based on pure exploitation. That does not go quietly into the night. You know, Asada Shakur said, you know, no one in history has ever gotten their freedom by appealing to the moral conscience of their oppressors, right? That is that is legit shit. She's still in Cuba right now in fucking exile because she was falsely tried on a murder she didn't commit. And she's still the FBI's most wanted list for not killing someone. That's what this fucking country is. And that's where we still are. And most of this country thinks that's a good thing. Okay. Our everyone's everyone was too busy jerking off Comey and the FBI when Trump was in power. But let's remember who the FBI is. These are the people who shot MLK. Okay, These are the people who covered up for Harvey Milk's death. So what I was trying to talk about earlier, I looked it up. Uh, the FBI has something called Cointelpro, right? And this is counter... Um, God, what does it stand for? Program. Counterintelligence. Yeah, thank you. Counter, counterintelligence program. And it, it was started during the civil rights movement, right? It was, you know, we got to watch out for communists and black people and people who don't like money, right? So anyway, um, the point is this was done to dismantle workers' movements and civil rights movements. It is the, They changed the name. I forgot what it was. But it has now gone back to Cointelpro because why the fuck not? Because, you know, everyone's just saying the quiet part out loud all the time now. Um, and it was, it was broke, on my don't fix it. Yeah. Uh, on July 29th at 5 a.m., the FBI conducted a violent raid on the home of Amali Yoshida, chairman of the U.S.-based African People's Socialist Party in St. Louis, Missouri. They found nothing, by the way. There was nothing illegal. It was a black socialist party to empower black people in Missouri. But the FBI decided that couldn't stand because it was getting really popular. So they claimed that it was a Russian bot and they violently raided the headquarters. This is what the FBI has always done. It is what the FBI will always do. Fred Hampton is dead because of the FBI. Okay. This is what they do. And they do it fucking well. And the CIA does the same thing. They just do it outside the borders. That's what happens. And so this I and, and that's why I don't put too much stock in things like protesting. I don't put too much stock in this stuff because direct action and mutual aid are what we need. OK, you need to be able to fight Nazis and you need to be able to feed your neighbor. 
that's what it comes down to. That is what will save the fucking day. It will not be a pussy hat. It will not be brunch. And it will not be voting. Voting will... Now, voting's good. I'm not saying don't vote. I vote because vote does harm reduction. Vote helps people. Vote allocates funding to people who need it. It funds projects that need to happen. And it keeps some of the worst things at bay. Go vote. But do not count on vote. Voting is not a life preserver. Okay? Voting is a flare gun at best. That's all you got. And now I'm off topic. But the point is, what the way this goes down is when empires fall, it's really fucking bad. Like, it's really fucking bad. Rome burns. Like, when you see, when the British Empire fell, it was an anomaly. That was the weird one that, like, whoa, England. But that's because when the British Empire fell, they fell smart. They're like, we're just going to let everything go and bring all the resources back home. Right? And so the UK didn't burn down. Everywhere else did, though. All their colonies were left to fucking rot and die. The South Pacific, Africa, the Middle East, India. Oh, yeah. They left these people to fucking die. And that's what they do. But in the U.S., it's not going to be that way. They're going to let us die because they already are. Okay? We had a, uh, a virus go around, and we were barely getting vaccines out when our president said, get the fuck back to work. I'm cutting off your funding. Eat a dick. Go die. Be productive. This is the most liberal president in American history, apparently, I keep getting told. And we are told to work or die. They cut off our funding. They don't give a fuck about our debt. They want to talk about pulling someone back from Russia for a drug charge. How many people of color are currently being raped and murdered in prison for low-level drug charges? He keeps talking about, well, maybe I'll do what I said about releasing. He doesn't do shit. Joe Biden and the Democratic Party don't give a fuck about giving amnesty to people in jail for drug offenses. And they could at any time. Absolutely agree. Um, I wanted to go back to the story that you brought up about the um, black socialists home um, HQ being raided. Another thing that I often say is black people cannot own land in the United States. I get some pushback and people are like, you know, of course I own my home and, you know, the, I can totally, you know, do that. But no, you black people can't own land because in order to say you, you actually own land, you have to be able to defend it either legally or extra legally. And black people cannot and have never been able to defend land. In this country, like there are hundreds of black towns that were literally wiped off the map by white supremacists. And what they do is they take an area and it's the same thing with gentrification. You can see it today with gentrification. They take an area that is blighted or underperforming. They put black people on it to cultivate it. And then once it reaches a certain level of economic um fruition i guess or fruitfulness uh the white folks come in and they take it you know and they're in a they're in a damn thing black people can do so my thoughts at this point is black people have tried pretty much everything in the um in the book to gain freedom here and it has not worked clearly it has not worked um, if we are 13% of the population and we make up 40 plus percent of the prison population in this country, that has not worked. Um, but we have never tried strategic retreat. And that's where I get a lot of pushback in the black community. They're like, you know, oh, my grand, my great granddaddy was a slave and he built this country and we've been here forever and I'm not leaving. I'm like, Trick, you got to go. We got to go. You know, this isn't going to work here. 
we're not going to be free here. I have no, not hope, but I have, uh, I, I do not see black people ever being free on American soil as long as the United States of America exists in its current form. Um, there was a uh, book called um, Faces at the Bottom of the Well by a, a um, Harvard professor, uh, Bell. Have any of you read that book? No, I haven't. I've no, never heard of it. It is, it is absolutely phenomenal. It's referenced in um, most Devin Talib Kweli's uh, original Black Star album. But it is called Faces at the Bottom of the Well. And it is a super quick read. It's um, like... It's a bunch of essays, basically, just in a, in a really short book. And it's all about the permanence of racism. Racism in America is not a flaw. It's a feature. Because you can be on the bottom of the socioeconomic barrel anywhere else in the world, and you are guaranteed one thing in America. You come here, you will not be the bottom of the barrel, all right? Because that's Black people. You can be, you can be, as long as you're not black, you can come from anywhere else in the world and you are promised you will not be on the bottom. All right. That avenue for advancement is open to you. And any advancement that black people make simply reshuffles the deck. We're still on the bottom. Everybody moves up a notch, you know? So when, when I see something, you know, I talk to a, to a lot of folks and they're like, well, I want to buy land out in the country. And there's this one woman who wanted to create a black only town in Georgia. And I'm just looking at her like, are you out of your ever loving mind? Like, yeah, that's for white you, people in Oregon to do. How? Yeah. How long do you think you will? Oh, you will have that land. I'm not going to say, own. you will have that land until white people want it. And, and then it's domain, not maybe. Yeah. Or even not, you know, they'll just, you know, ride through, you know, turn your shit to sundown town and that's it for you. Yep. You know, they'll, they'll just pull it Tulsa. It, it's happened before. It'll happen again. Look at the zoot suit riots here in the California. Absolutely. We literally had Absolutely. the U.S. Navy run yep. through the streets of San Diego and Los Angeles, murdering and raping Lynching every Hispanic Mexicans. person yeah. they could find. And then literally all the women who were knocked up from being raped by the U.S. Navy personnel were brought up on charges of adultery. Yeah. And misconduct. Yeah, I, I get it. That so, happened in the, 20, for, in the 20th century. So it's my belief. That, absolutely, yes. It's my belief that revolution comes, but it doesn't come from within the United States. I don't see that happening. I do see a group of people leaving the U.S., setting up some type of, um, I don't know, some safe space somewhere for where black people can just be free, you know, just raise our kids. So kind, and, kind of a Liberian argument. Um, I don't like Liberia specifically. No, no, but yeah, li in Liberian general. how it was supposed to run. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, the idea, you know, go someplace, have a country, you know, or even not a country, just just have a place where a community can come together and can educate themselves. You know, uh, I'm looking at, you know, now that I'm a parent, I spend half my time just trying to defend my children against the whitewashing and white nationalist messaging that I see them getting. You know, it isn't until you start watching children's programming that you realize how many characters have blue eyes that don't need to have blue eyes. You know, 
It's like, why does this character, why does this character have blue eyes? You know, for no other reason than to promote the idea that the main character is a blue eyed person in all yeah. things, you know? But anyway, I'm off on a tangent. Um, what I'm talking about is, uh, you know, the Prepper Pig is, is dedicated to um, bringing survival information to vulnerable communities. And when I say survival, a lot of people think um, high level camping. And that is not what I'm what I'm about. And uh, some people are disappointed. They kind of, you, you don't you know I you need to know how to build a fire and how to you know tie knots and stuff. And I'm like, I've been through a global pandemic. Didn't need to build a fire one time, you know, for anything survival related. I cook. I grill out, you know. But that's about it. Yeah, we've actually talked about this a lot. If the zombie apocalypse ever happened, we've got K for all that bullshit. Uh, we got Chris because he's got guns and is willing to kill people to get toilet paper. Right. Word. But I well, still don't know why I'm oh, here. So I'm off on a tangent. Anyway. <laughs> but it's a good tangent. I think it's real. I think yeah, that no, is it's, it's one that bears discussing, I think. Yeah. And, and, and that is, and that's where I'm going with it. This is, it's going to get worse. And again, I don't think it's going to happen tomorrow. Like, I think we have a couple generations. Like, I think your daughters are going to be old ladies before this even starts to kick off. I think you oh, should prepare ahead I, of time. It I absolutely could, disagree it, with that. And, and that's fine. It could be. And, and I think you should be prepared for that. Right. I'm ready for it, but I don't think it's going to happen right now. And the reason is not that I don't think shit's going to get bad. The American people are still asleep in a dream of the American dream. And when I say this, mostly white people, but people of all colors are involved in it. Absolutely. The white nationalist dream of America is still alive and well. And as people are starving to death, they're going, well, at least I'm better than that homeless black guy over there. That's the mentality we are in. It is, And that is part of the reason, you know, people like Andrew Yang want to clutch their pearls and pucker their buttholes at how divided we are as a nation. But that's the fucking plan. The plan is to make it black versus white. The plan is to make it red versus blue. The plan is to make it conservative versus liberal. The plan is to keep the working class divided. And I'm not trying to get down a whole hole of Marxism here, but class solidarity is where it's at. And nothing changes until you have class solidarity. Once people can see past political, racial, economic and or not economic, but religious and any other any other reason you want to have to separate people from each other and recognize that there is a major class war going on that they just didn't know was happening. Nothing happens because it's just going to be a slow detriment of economic systems. Eventually nobody will ever get to retire. We're going to have Soylent fucking green. Like it's just going to eventually degradate, degradate, degradate until finally people are so fucking mad because they can't put food on the table that they have nothing left to lose. We're not there, and our mentalities aren't there. This country's ripe for fucking revolution in terms of its status, but America has done such an amazing job of uh, of putting propaganda out there to convince everyone that that is never the answer and that Martin Luther King had a dream once, racism ended, and the Nazis were defeated so they don't exist anymore, and everything's fucking fine, and just shut up 
and go to work and die of COVID, and it's going to be fine. Fuck you. Fuck grandma. Fuck your kid's future. Fuck your retirement. Just work. Capitalism is the only system that works. Global warming isn't real. China bad. Fight Russia. And it's just going to be this constant barrage of propaganda, which is all we've ever had in this nation. And once regular working class people can't put bread on the table, and they are starving just the same as poor and unhoused people. And they are forced by hunger to get class solidarity. That's when we'll see shit change and go down. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I, there was, I forget where I saw it, but somebody was, might have been ticked off or something like that. But it was a pretty good quote. I'm going to butcher it here. But the idea behind it is... The, the thought he was trying to express is that this idea that there's a the way we think about class in the United States with this middle, lower, upper class is, is all bullshit that's been made up to prevent wealthy working class people from seeing themselves as the same as non-wealthy working class people. Like the idea that there's an upper middle class and a lower middle class and a lower class is all horseshit because we're all working class, whether like the way they broke it down, I think was, you know, you are, if you are working for somebody and they are paying you to work for them, you're working class. Even if you're self-employed, you're working class. If you do not own the means of production, the production you do not yeah. own capital, you are working class. And and that's what I was saying. Class is, is, is defined by how close you are to owning the means of production. And unless you are doing that, you are a working class person, which essentially makes you the same. Like if, if you make $90,000 a year being an investment maker, however much a fucking investment maker makes, I don't know. You are still the same as somebody that's flipping burgers at McDonald's. You are producing capital. You make more to do it for somebody else but you are still working for somebody else to make them money. And this idea that we have a middle class is only meant to make those making $90,000 a year feel better and superior to the ones that don't and keep that, that, that separation there. That was intentional and it has its actual roots in antebellum slavery. Uh, back when we first developed chattel slavery, there was also, again, there wasn't white slavery. People like me, like, well, Italians and, and, and Irish were slaves. No, they fucking weren't. They were indentured servants. There's a difference. Uh, indentured servitude is forced labor that ends one day. Uh, chattel slavery is you are a slave no matter where you go and what you ever do, and your children will be slaves simply based on the color of their skin. There's, that's the difference. Is Even if you're an Irish indentured servitude and you die in indentured servitude, your children will not be born into it, whereas chattel slavery is generational. It is about destroying the roots and the culture of a people and forcing their entire identity to be a worker. And so because of this, right, you had a whole bunch of Irish and Italian indentured servants coming over, forcing long contracts, shitty conditions, and they worked side by side in farms and construction with black slaves. And so it literally had to become this lie of Southern slave owners that, well, at least you're not chattel slavery. Look, you got a hard time. I get it. But your kids are going to be fine. You're going to be fine because you're better than those black people over there because they're really fucked. You're special. You're going to do it. You're okay. Totally agree. And that is absolutely correct. Add a bunch of thoughts in the time that you were talking um one the american dream and the american nightmare are equally distractions equal distractions right so you've got a lot of people who are trying to and i find this in prepping right they're 
when um, you have a lot of people who are trying to like attain that that middle income lifestyle, that suburban, you know, white suburban gated community lifestyle, um, and that's the American dream. And then you have the American, and then you have the American nightmare, which is all the people on the bottom just trying to claw their way out of abject poverty and uh, and you know where they can um, safely plan a meal. <laughs> <laughs> a, you know, a day ahead instead yeah. of having to wonder where they're going to, um, where they're going to eat every day. Uh, they're equally distracting. You know, they're equally made to keep you from rising up against the uh, oligarchs and the billionaires who are uh, running us um, rampant. The other thing that I was going to say was, um, or another thing I was going to say was the, another thing that solidified the middle class was the invention of malls. And that, the mall was a place where, and the like. And when I say the mall, like uh, the the mega store, like like the first Sears, right? The first Sears and Robots back in the day, right? This was a place where middle class people could go and be catered to, and be kind of kind of looked at like they were upper, like the upper class was, yeah. and that's what kind of. Um, I read this really fascinating article. I have to find it for you guys, but uh, but there was that, and then. Um, I was going to push back uh, uh, on your time frame for revolution. I think that what is going to like we're going to pick one of those two roads, um, freedom or slavery. That's going to be picked out. Um, I think in maybe the next twenty years, uh, just entirely due to climate change. You know, because climate change is an exponentially like when the when the the first winter that we lose all the ice uh at the um arctic is that's good like from there it never comes back you know yeah like it isn't like it's gonna come back like the like um if, it you will, put, if uh, we all disappear for thirty thousand years it'll come back <laughs> if you put ice cubes in um in a pan in a hot pan you know, it'll be pretty chill until that last little sliver of ice melts and then the whole thing boils, you know, and that's kind of where we're at um, well, and, on the planet. And one of the things there is, is that's going to create and, then, and we're going to start seeing climate refugees around the world. I, I think that we're already well into climate refugees. I think yeah. that we're going to start seeing way more climate refugees in the United States. And what happens when the wealthy on the coasts become climate refugees and then push out people in other regions that that number i think that as as the environmental uh shocks uh lengthen and intensify the number of people who are wealthy enough to get out of harm's way i think will also be shrinking right that's that middle class that's it as it's shrinking you're going to have these mega wealthy people but they don't give a fuck. They're gonna, you know, fly to the Alps or something and go live in their chateau until, you know, for the for the extended summer. Or the U.S. decides to eminent domain an entire metro- metropolitan area for the wealthy. Uh, I I can see it, but I think that um, that that inequality, that exacerbation, and um, really that peak of of where wealth and environment coalesce for a lot of people. You know, when you have wildfires that make most of the West Coast unlivable, then you're going to see mass 
climate change, mass refugees, and then you're going to see uh, a breakdown in all these other um, areas due to all these people coming in, you know, yeah. and all these systems that are already strapped, not being able to handle them. And then you're going to see people coming together. I think it's I think it's going to happen relatively quickly. I don't I, I, I don't think you're wrong. I think we have slightly different estimates on the time frame, but uh, honestly, neither one's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 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 going to be a fight no matter what, and, and you should be prepared for it. So speaking of being prepared, uh, yeah. before we go, uh, Prepper Pig, tell us where everyone can go to spread your word, to hear what you're saying, to give you money, to get you exposure. Where can everyone Absolutely. go to make your life better? Um, I do love money, um, d- despite my communist leanings. Um, I do still have bills. So you can find me the best place to find the the most of my stuff is on Patreon at Prepper Pig. You can just go patreon.com slash prepper pig and it's prepper p-r-e-p-p-e-r pig like the oink oink animal prepper pig one word um you can go there you can go to instagram uh that's where i also post a lot of stuff instagram is kind of like where you'll find the titles of things like the kind of sneak peeks of the stuff that's that's going on in patreon but uh but also i get on there and i just share a bunch of stories and funny shit and stuff that tickles me. Uh, I try to give people a, um, a healthy dose of, of comedy and laughter and upbeat stuff to counteract some of the, we're all going to die in a fiery inferno uh, stuff that comes out. But you know, Hey, that's, that's, that's what I do. So prepper pig, on Patreon is the best place to come and find my work. Beautiful. And give me that Patreon one more time. Okay, that is Prepper Pig, P-R-E-P-P-E-R-P-I-G, one word, at on Patreon. Beautiful. Everybody go check him out. Uh, I've been with Prepper on a whole lot of podcasts. Uh, he knows what the fuck he's talking about. Uh, so oh, you should check him out. Give him a couple bucks and, uh, you know, survive the coming capitalist hellscape. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, and I'll make sure to put links to everything in the description. So you know, click the link, easy access for all you out there. And after the apocalypse and all the white people die, expect to be invited to the cookout. (laughs) We'll see. That's all Chris has ever wanted. I'm not in charge of the cookout. You know, I had it. I I had it once. I had it once. I tasted. I tasted. I tasted the goodness, and and I've never had it again. Ah, well, all right. I need back. Well, hey, uh, when you come to North Carolina, brother, definitely let Uh, me know. Uh, I will. I will, because I'll be flying into Charlotte. We'll do something. Hell yes. Hell yes. All right. Let me know. Well, thank uh, you for I'm being here, man. We will We will have you again. Absolutely. You are a friend of the oh, show. I love being on cast with you. We need to have you back here. So hopefully we'll see you again soon. We all are great. Thanks for having me. Take it easy out there. All right, everybody. And we'll see you next time. I know this is a long one, but thanks for sticking us out. We will be here again next week. Uh, until then, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And remember revolution is you.